Hello and welcome to the Liberate Your Soul podcast. My name is Vanessa and I teach you how to become free, free from life, breaking the chains from this exhausting turntable of the same old cycle of crap that we constantly put ourselves in. Break free, jump off, let's start again. All with the help of understanding about the spirit world, who you truly are and how you can integrate your love of life with spirit whether that be god the source the universe whatever spiritual self-development is my thing and i am here to help you completely change your bloody life Now, don't forget, every single week I am offering you my free services. Oh, yes. Now, the 1st of March, we've got the massive launch of my first ever workshop. It is to find your inner guru. It is going to completely change your perspectives of life. This is for the sort of male or female or couple together, whatever, whoever. If you are looking to change your life, but you are sick and tired of watching the same old thing on self-development, reading the same old books you know there's more to it than that you know that and you want somebody with a no bullshit approach to give you the absolute truth in how you can overcome your funk how can you get out of your job how can you start a business what's the truth around it all everybody talks about earning these millions of pounds and dollars and whatever but seriously how why when who am i and how the hell do i get to that level of life if that is something that you want if that is something that you want to completely change your life completely turn it around then you're going to have to sign up on facebook at liberate your soul or follow the links in the bio of this podcast as well as our wonderful guests links that you can also acknowledge you can go over on the 1st of March to find your inner guru. My first ever workshop where I'm reaching out to as many people as I possibly can to help you have a seriously rethink your whole life. That doesn't make sense, but I'll say it again. (laughs) How to seriously change your life and have a rethink about taking the next step. Love you loads. Enjoy the podcast. So let me introduce you to the amazing Kirsten Vergara. She is a highly sensitive, intuitive and modern mystic. Can I just highlight that? Modern mystic who uses a wide range of modalities to help her audience and clients navigate the challenges of spiritual awakening because it is happening, guys there is a huge awakening happening and us spiritual teachers have been talking about it for ages and now it's coming into fruitation. After healing herself from a 13 year long battle with an eating disorder and her own spiritual awakening 10 years ago, she has dedicated her life to ending suffering and others. She is a student to both the esoteric and practical weaving them together to guide others to freedom and purpose. Her mission is to help those who are ready to face their shadow, unconscious mind and heal their past so they can come into alignment with who they are and where they are. It's just amazing. 
This is one of the best interviews I have ever done. We completely connected. We are seriously coming from not the same planet because we're very different in character, but we speak the same language and we are definitely from planets that clearly work as neighbor on neighboring vibrations. I absolutely loved it. You're going to get so much out of it. Get your pen and paper girls and take notes because this is bloody amazing. Enjoy. Hello, 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 Kristin. Hello. Oh, I'm so glad it works. Can you hear me okay? Uh, you know what? The sound is just a little little disconnected. I can hear you, but it's mm. kind of like cutting in and out. Ah, okay. Well, I've got full signal and I'm full Wi-Fi. If I move the phone a little bit, can you hear me now? No. Oh, no. Um, hmm. I wonder if we I... Can... We can hear you. Can you, you hear okay? me all right? Because I, I can, I mean, it is really like, I can barely understand you at all. Right. Okay. Uh, let me send you a new link and see if that one works. Okay. Okay. I can, I'm oh. starting. Wait, actually oh. keep talking. Maybe it's just. Okay. So. Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. Now you sound good. normal. Thank you. So we'll say thank you, spirit. Right? Just, just a couple deep breaths. I was like at first I was like, okay, this is not gonna work. And then all of a sudden it started to come in. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so what I would like you to start off speaking about is speaking to our audience where you use the words eso eso oh dear, esoteric and practical um practices that you work with your clients so first of all what do those words mean and how do you use that power so to speak or that energy to enhance your clients and audience yeah these are great questions and I love this because um I'm always about the practical and I think in our in the, in our spiritual life and our spiritual world world because it's been so disconnected for so long I mean I think I think the argument could be that everything is spirit, right? You know, that the phones that we're using or the the glass I'm drinking out of, it's all spirit. Mm -hmm. But for the sake of just our everyday language, because it's been separated for so long, we still do talk about spirituality as a sort of like separate experience in our everyday. Um, but I like to bridge that. as, And we are in sort of the wild, wild west of spirit. You can say one term and someone will have a totally different meaning um, in their mind for it than another person. And so I think always defining it can be helpful. Um, so for me, esoteric, what I'm talking about is sort of like the the world and the I, the concepts beyond our, our maybe um, known uh, uh, like uh, material world that they were, we were all taught about um, kind of like two plus two equals four and um, you know, things beyond what we find in our everyday life and practical is just our practical application. So, um, you know, wanting to bridge the gap between the fact that we, we have, have these spiritual terms like uh, enlightenment or, um, you know, uh, connecting to oneness and, you know, or, or we say things so flippantly these days, like all is love. Okay. But what does that mean? You know, yes. and how, right. How can I apply that to my life um, in a way that there's steps? I think that was, um, that was always something important to me is, is I am 
just a really deep feeling person always have been. So mm. if I can experience it, I believe in it. it. I don't need science or something to prove it to me. Yet at the same time, if I can't practically apply it, if I don't know how to get there, it would sort of drive me mad. So um, I absolutely love breaking things down into practical steps so that people can, you know, um, apply it, you know, just like be able to actually apply whatever it is. For instance, even something that isn't maybe so esoteric, but uh, gets thrown around in self-help and spirituality is uh, the concept of, of self-love. Okay, mm. Well, you need to love yourself. Okay, great. But how, you know? Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I love that. That is, uh, you know, you're definitely my soul sister because this is exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Oh, what a breath of fresh air this is going to be. Um, yeah, it's, uh, that's exactly it. All I keep hearing spirits saying to me as I'm going through a little bit of a wobbly phase myself at the moment, and we mustn't shy away from that just because we talk about spirit um, and we work with spirit and we have our gifts and we do what our do does. We do what we do. Doesn't mean it makes us any higher or better than anybody else. Um, and we mustn't shy away from that. And so, you know, as I go through this wobbly phase of more emotions and another load of clearing out to do, not a massive spiritual awakening, but it's definitely a wobbly phase for me, even though it's, you know, a time to get organized with the moon cycle at the moment. Well, mm-hmm. here in the UK, it's um, let's talk about this. Let's open up. And as we've got two lovely, truthful women on this podcast. So let's talk about self-love. God uh, and, and higher spirits as constantly saying to me at the moment. Uh, just love, just love. And the way they say it is so peaceful and the light and the energy that surrounds that is, an, as you know yourself, incredibly emotional. But we're talking about living in a loud, huge space that we aren't still to this day in the year 2021, not used to. Mm. The noise, the lack of sleep, the contaminated foods the boxes that we live in and you've just got back from a a bit of a break haven't you or you've been on your travels so yes how does this you know relate to how you're feeling now you know you've gone from different kind of energies because of course you've been you know flying or on the boat or however you've got there how do you feel and how do you feel about this word love and what we should feel about it in these different moments in our life Mm. Wow. Well, that is a mouthful, but I'm excited to dive in and dissect this. Um, So thank you. Yes. Um, And well, let's start with like the the first half of it about how do I feel? Well, one, um, and a lot of my audience and maybe a lot of people listening to you will relate. I'm a highly sensitive person, which is actually kind of the scientific term at this point. We have discovered that people there are people who are highly sensitive they have more mirror neurons um, than maybe the next person and Mm. in the spiritual field we've been calling them empaths right so there's a a huge bridge and overlap within that Um, and so I could qualify as both of those things I'm very very sensitive I kind of joke around that I am part orchid because, mm-hmm. you know, if anyone's tried to keep an orchid alive, you know how difficult that is. <laughs> um, so, you know, that that has been a huge uh, part of my journey is that um, when I was trying to live the way that the whole world was saying, this is the way to, to, to live, eat, act, you know, sleep, um, operate, 
I would just break down all the time, just emotionally, physically, mm -hmm. mentally. It was a very, very tough um, go for me. So I have organized my life in a way where it is in as much support of that sensitivity. And I think it could be argued at this point in human history that we are all more sensitive than we're giving ourselves credit and that we're all more affected by um, the energies and uh, the the bombardment we have, whether it's EMFs, you know, if it's uh, bombardment on our electrical magnetic field through 5G and all these other things that are happening, um, or whether through our food, um, or just the energy if we are living in a more concrete jungle, um, as opposed mm. to the jungle that I just came from in the jungles of Costa Rica, which is lovely. Um, so there's a lot going on and I think we're all actually feeling it um, whether we realize or not. Um, I really do think that a lot of us came in as highly, because I think there was a wave. I actually do believe that there was a wave of highly mm -hmm. sensitive empathic people who were born onto the planet. And the purpose mm -hmm. I believe was that we needed people who were highly sensitive, way more sensitive to start going, I can't use this laundry detergent. I can't eat this food. Um, I can't mm -hmm. do this because we have to wake up to what we were doing to ourselves and our planet. Um, but, and I, and I think that with that sensitivity, we'll all start to realize, oh, actually we're much more affected. But even if you don't consider yourself a highly sensitive person and you can kind of bulldoze through life a little bit easier with a standard lifestyle we've been given, we're still at higher rates of depression, anxiety, sleeplessness um you know our our inner world is probably one of the worst it's been in human history or mm -hmm. at least that it seems that way um mm -hmm. so yeah the, my encouragement to everybody is it, and it was really hard for me it was hard for me to make a stand to say you know what actually i'm going to take more downtime or i don't start work before a certain time because i do like to take a couple of hours for myself in the morning or i'm going to travel with my own supplements or um even when i have a traveling partner it's like you know whether it's a friend or not i just know i i make it very clear on on the type of um pace i need to go at and if i need alone time or downtime and i don't really kind of um i, I kind of unapologetically live that way and make sure it's beneficial i mean i'm not you know I'm not doing that at a detriment to anybody else, but as long as it works well. And then I find people who it works really well with, they like that too, um, or they can accept that or appreciate um, my needs. And so that that's how I'm surviving <laughs> the times that we're in or just this life in general um, is just mm. kind of unapologetically saying, this is my life. Um, and, and as much as I love to kind of have kept the pace that was given to me, that I have to actually say, I'm going to slow down or take more time. But traveling is, you know, it's not easy. Um, and it was a little nerve wracking it being like the time of the, the pandemic. This is the first time I've done any major traveling, especially international. Um, and I actually think a lot of it was more, there was a lot more fear going into it, just perpetuated of like, what, the, what is this going to be like? And is it going to be, you know, so hard? And it was actually really lovely. Um, I found you know, maybe that was also a point of attraction, but people that I interacted with on the plane or during my journey were, were very kind. 
um, I was shocked, shocked. I say I've never seen so many people in LAX deplane so politely in my entire life. Um, <laughs> so you know that you also have to see the positive sides of things. Um, and being in Costa Rica was um, really a breath of fresh air because I just think anytime we can just get into that much nature um, is going to be really important. So um yeah, so hopefully just telling that story, I can encourage anybody who's just feeling really overwhelmed to give themselves full permission to make life work for them um, mm. instead of trying to fit into whatever box we think we've been given. Um, I know that's not easy, but uh, I, I swear I wouldn't have made it this far uh, without having that stance. Um, yeah. Yeah, see, I think, honestly, I think it is that easy. Life is easy and when you have that connection and you find it's not even finding your purpose that all comes later finding your soul find all of that comes later this this first sense of of being whether that's on the yoga mat whether that is sitting like I say staring at a wall um whether that be literally finding yourself sitting in bed um that you haven't had to rush up and get out which so many people are awakening at the moment because of the lockdown and the furlough scheme. You've been paid not to be at work, et cetera, et cetera. People have found this time and it's been lovely and it's been amazing. And there is huge positives to it. But I do through what I've learned and the philosophy and the lectures and lessons that spirit give me personally, even though we physically materialistically find life hard we do that to ourselves you know yes and it's like no I'm not that person but I must be this person I have to have this money because I want this it's the same as can I have your input on this manifesting situation you know every group being women that run our own businesses and growing our businesses and getting ourselves established in a massive loud space again um where how do you feel when you as as an empath where do you how do you feel when you see this constant oh uh, I, this is my first manifesting board and it's all about materialistic things does it ever upset you that there's not enough spiritual growth spiritual awareness because it isn't the physical and the material comes later doesn't it oh i mean yes and it's a choice right you know it, it is a choice right um I don't know if it upsets me, but I do, you know, it does, it does kind of hit me, you know, feel, feeling the, the sadness that I feel when I see that oftentimes when someone starts to get into spirituality, you know, and we'll call that just kind of practices that are deeper than the average lifestyle that we've been kind of all given, um, Sorry, I just I thought it cut, cut off on me in a second. No, you're Perfect. okay. <laughs> um, then oftentimes what we do is we take the old paradigm, the old mentality, and we slap it over top of our spiritual practices, and people can get really lost. And so um, I have a lot of compassion for that, and I also trust, and I, I try to trust as much as possible that everyone's journey has an unfolding in the, the, their own time and place. But we, you know, this is something I'm extremely passionate about in the moment is really talking about getting to spiritual maturity as, as quickly as we can and understanding that that is the place we're trying to get to because 
when we mm. first start on a spiritual journey, we can be very childlike and just how children are with chocolate all over their face and make a giant mess. Mm -hmm. You know, children are kind of messy. We can yeah. be very much like that in our, the beginning of our spiritual walk. So it's having compassion for the fact we were probably all like that. I mean, I, I can only imagine if you rewound uh, 10 years ago and, you know, had a microscope on the things that I was doing, I probably did a lot of things completely misguided. Um, but then at the same time, everyone has a doorway into growth. Um, so if it's manifestation in the way that they're super focused on manifesting physically and, it, you know, I can see that it's lacking depth, um, you know, that's unfortunate, but maybe that's where they need to start. You know, like I started doing yoga because mm -hmm. I hurt my back weightlifting in college. Um, and for me, mm -hmm. it was just like to get out of pain and I didn't know what else to do. So that was my doorway. And I was at the time, I was like, I'm not even sure if this is some sort of like far off religion. You know, I was like had a lot of fear mm -hmm. around it. Um, it's kind of funny 20 years later to look back on it. So um, I try to have compassion for myself. Um, I'm sure 10 years from now, I'll look back on myself now and be like, wow, I was really struggling with X, Y, and Z. And like, <laughs> you know, I, I call it the humble path. Um, because if you get on a path of spirituality, it'll humble you continuously. It will constantly show you what you didn't know before. And if you try to hold on to any sort of, um, uh, you know, like rightness, or this is the right way or any dogma in that it will it will uh, impede your growth. And so it's kind of allowing mm -hmm. ourselves to always unfold and whatever the doorway into the next unfolding is to allow that. Um, so yeah, I think everyone's got to find their way. And, and, and hopefully, like the hope is that we don't get stuck in a spiritual immaturity, where we're just using new fancy terms. Um, Right mm -hmm. to, and I think that's why a lot of people have a distaste for spirituality because a lot of people use fancy terms to really just perpetuate the old system. Um, yeah. And so that, yeah. And go on. I, I was just saying that that is also a problem and something to be aware of on our, our walk is that we are getting in a place of hopefully maturity with that and we're, you know, continually growing. We're not using our spiritual terminology to manipulate and to, um, get our way and, and do all the old things that we would have done before. Which is so sad because, as you well know yourself, Facebook is flooded with these, uh, you know, psychic mediums, witch doctors. And being a psychic medium myself, I hate labeling myself as that because it's always more than that. It's spiritual counseling. It's spiritual when it, it, you're, you're there to be a guide. And People like you and I, even though it is incredibly difficult and it is such a hard journey because we are seen as the outcast, it is so hard. But we have to be on the sidelines, like you say, to be able to take their hand and say it is OK. And, you know, we can we can guide you safely down this path whenever you're ready, you know. Um, and it's the same as the saying, you know not in a religious term at all but I always hear the same from spirit in what Jesus said and it was you know they know not what yeah. they do and I find myself repeating that so much you know send them love so let's talk about this love sector let's talk about you know when you are in a bit of a funk and you're finding it very very difficult you've just started this peaceful journey you've you know you've gone down an enlightened path you know that there's more to life than this and you're trying to find your way 
when you constantly hear, even though you're angry, the ego's still quite, you know, high in your vibrations. Where and how do you start to find love for yourself? What would be your first three things that you would suggest? Ooh, um, that is such a great question. And I think with love, you know, it gets to the point where we have to sort of define love and, um, and then break it down on like what we're actually saying, because, uh, even though we live in different countries, you and I speak English and you know that we only have one word for love and other languages yeah. and other traditions and, and ancient cultures had many, 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 uh, terms for love. So, um, I think at the highest vibration, what we call love, when people say all is love, um, or that God is love. It, it, when I tap into it, what it feels like is wholeness and completion. What we're saying is it's lacking of nothing. And so that is probably when we fall in love, that person mirrors to us all those things that maybe we didn't feel like we had before. And we feel that sense of wholeness and completion. And that's why we say, I'm in love with this person. Right. We know that that can also be a fleeting thing, that they're just kind of mirroring things to us because we can also feel like we're falling out of love. Um, but the, the actual mm. highest vibration to me and the way that I see it is kind of this feeling of lacking in nothing, the wholeness. Um, and so if that is sort of the end goal, that's like kind of lacking in nothing and wholeness feeling or experience, I don't even know. It's like we almost are lacking the languaging for it because feeling is it's it's not quite a feeling although we can experience it in our feeling senses um so you know just starting off with that kind of being a definition and then when we have love for something else um it's very akin to like the vibration of appreciation or care for um or or one of my favorite teachers teal swan her definition of love is to take something as part of yourself which um, I really like that in kind of a practical practical sense. Um, so, you know, we kind of get have to first define things, I think, before we can move forward. And a lot of times it is that vibration of appreciation or care for that we are looking for when we say love. Um, and that the, the whole practice is really to get to a place where we have wholeness and completion within ourselves. This is inevitably basically what I do with my clients. Um, and so through that, how do we find that wholeness and completion? How do we take parts of ourselves and bring them back into the whole? Because that's what we're usually feeling is um, the problem that we have when we're talking about loving ourselves is that we actually don't love ourselves. You know, that's why otherwise we wouldn't have self-love practices if it was just already whole, complete and lacking in nothing. Um, right. Mm. So we have these practices, I think, as um, ways to show up for ourselves uh, that we you know if we're using it in that sense of, of kind of whole and complete um, but also continuous uh, I think if I had another word for that version of love that is appreciation love um, where we are positively focusing on something um, that is kind of the practice of love if we're going to have a different word for it um, if we were to break it down so we have kind of like the practice of love and then we have the actual just definition of love um, so the first thing that saved me, because uh, one, this is one of my favorite things to teach. Um, I came in as a, a Leo sun sign. And, you know, with maybe some of the faults that Leos have, one of the beautiful things is I really do think that they are the self love sign. Um, they are ruled by the sun, which is our higher self, basically. And, um, and I think that they can teach about self love. But it was a journey for me. I 
I absolutely didn't love myself. I um, had a 13 long year long battle with an eating disorder, which actually happened to be my catalyst to a spiritual awakening inevitably. Um, Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and you don't get into that situation loving yourself, right? Nobody has an eating disorder because they love themselves. It was an actual battle within. And, um, you know, even to the point of self-harm in other ways, um, I would cut Mm -hmm. and um, just feel very violent towards myself. And um, I think that comes also from a society that tells us, whether it's society or even our own family structures, even if they're well-meaning, they are really focused on raising well-behaved children. But what that ends up doing mm-hmm. is it disconnects us from parts of ourselves. So if, if society's idea of a well-behaved child is someone that's quiet and you're not, you're boisterous, you're loud, you're outgoing, maybe you're Gemini, um, then, you know, uh, then we're going to disconnect from that part of ourselves. If it, if it gets punished out of us enough, if we learn that this is bad, we're going to push in, away and deny that part of us. And so um, it's, it's kind of a reclamation. Self-love is reclaiming all those parts of us that we have bought into the false idea that there's something wrong with that. Um, and that comes with a lot of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So the first part, you know, did that just kind of being a background of, of where I came from, just saying like, I hated myself, really. Um, mm. And how old were you? I, you know, when I came to the realization it was more in my 20s, but the, the eating disorder started in my late teens. Um, and it was kind of on and off. Yeah. Sometimes I would go through a couple of years of recovery, but it was like that kind of white knuckle recovery where I was just you know, making it through and then I would relapse. Um, but it was more evident in my twenties because I could no longer keep doing the things that I was told would be good for me to do or be successful. And I was just, you know, being a highly sensitive person, I think the joy of that, (laughs) if I could look back on it was that, or the, the, the benefit of that, I definitely didn't feel like a joy at the time was the fact that I broke down faster. I had like major life crises in my twenties where maybe somebody could make it into their forties and fifties before they started to like kind of question things. Um, but I just, I literally could not function in, in a lot of ways. Um, so it was at that time, I was trying to save my own life because I knew that, um, Mm. I knew that if I kept going down that road, I would, it, it was not going to be, um, a good scenario for me and so what about yeah. sorry just to interrupt you what about um, at that point in your life um, because a lot of us on this journey do go through that the one you know ones like us that already are born with our spiritual so heightened you know we live by it from the day we're born and it, it doesn't really leave us and it causes this this pain that you're talking of what um you know in your 20s and you were going through that what was your thoughts about suicide was it a case that you ever had the thoughts that yeah I'm ready to go I want to die or was it well we both know that we don't die but you wanted to leave this leave this planet but or was it a case that you knew deep down inside you had to stay and that might have been causing the pain yes um so I don't, I, I couldn't actually say that I ever felt genuinely suicidal, like where I was planning it. Um, but lots of times where I would mm. just be like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be here. Like I would have that, like, I don't want to be here mm. anymore. But there was always something, like you said, that was anchoring me to, um, I, I don't, 
to stay. And it was a fighting spirit. It was like, I, I just couldn't give up. It was like, I can't give up. I'm going to figure this out. So I always Mm. had that little bit in me that I think was really my saving grace. Um, And I'm going to say grace because I think it's sometimes that, that thing beyond our own rationale, our own logic, our own willpower is something maybe um, grace of spirit that was imparted in me. Um, And, and it was a drive and it was a thought that I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to figure this out. And I'm also going to help other people. Um, that was a promise to myself. So that, that, that kind of drove me um, to, to get through it. Um, but one of the first, you know, back to the self-love, one of the first steps is I, uh, that really changed everything was treating myself like two different people. Um, because I was mm. such a kind person that I was like, I don't even treat, I treat nobody like this, you know? Um, and most of us wouldn't, you know, most of us wouldn't treat other people that way. So I started looking at myself as two people. Now, sometimes we, we could call it the inner child and the adult self, um, or whatever versions of that. But that was the first step was to, to view myself. Um, and I was just actually talking to a client about this this morning is, we have a big problem with narcissism kind of being rampant and I have a different viewpoint that I hear than I hear a lot of people. I have a lot of compassion for it because it is caused by childhood trauma. So I don't ever, I don't ever look at it like, Mm -hmm. Oh, those narcissists. It's like, Oh, you know, like I get that. I get that because we're all kind of little narcissists actually in, in a way. Yeah. This whole whole battle we have, you know, I see it on YouTube all the time. Like, Oh, are you dating a narcissist? It's a narcissist and they're the worst. And it's like, but you have to understand that what we're seeing this uprising or this, this just kind of like infiltration of all this information about narcissism is because that's how we are. We are microcosms of the macro. So it's being mirrored to us. It's Mm. the universe is quite literally showing us who we are by all these narcissistic kind of like information coming forward. And the truth of the matter is, is we have these narcissistic relationships with ourselves, with our bodies, with our emotions. It's like, you know, don't be like this or, you know, you're so ugly. You're so fat. The things we say to ourselves, we're narcissists. We have, we're in a narcissistic relationship with ourselves. And I just, I never realized that it was so definitely had to like wake up to the fact that, Oh, like this is really an awful way to treat anybody, um, including myself. And so I had to really heal the relationship with myself. And I think self-love is, a, is about learning how to be in a relationship. It's beyond bubble baths, you know, um, it, it's beyond self-care, right? Like that's not yeah. what I'm talking about. I'm talking about <laughs> building a relationship to oneself. Um, so by seeing myself yeah. as two people was really a huge turning point because then I could build the relationship because a relationship feels like it's two. And again, so, you know, in the beginning, yeah. it could have just been like talking to myself differently or instead of, if I didn't feel good about myself, instead of berating myself, which is what I would do, it would just like, I'd try to beat myself into submission to make a change. Um, I would tr- find a different, like, well, how would I, how would I treat to, how would I talk to a dear loved one? You know? And then that's how I would start talking to myself and it, it was, you know, slow at first and, and definitely um, unfolded. I have a tattoo on my right wrist that says beloved. And that was right at the le- like the end stage when I really turned the corner and I never turned back to the eating disorder again. And putting that tattoo beloved on my wrist was that, you know, in a prominent spot that I would always see it was I am my own beloved. 
And that was like a promise to myself. So that would be the first step I would tell people is you are in a relationship with yourself um, and to start relating to yourself in the ways that you would want to be treated um, and you would want to be cared for. Um, so, you know, and, and then it's taken like multiple forms. And I, I came into understanding parts work, which was a whole nother level of that realizing there's multiple versions of myself that I can relate to, um, coming back to creating that wholeness, um, which is, you know, that feeling Mm -hmm. of like, uh, like all parts of me are operating together as a as a whole there's an individual aspects of me right like there's there's the you know maybe the parts of me that like to to get dressed up and glammed up and love red lipstick you know and the other parts of me that loves to be in the jungle and um you know no makeup and you know like just kind of off the grid and you know the parts of me that like to be really loud and outgoing and then there's parts of me that like to be very introverted and quiet um so taking all those parts, you know, it's just, those are just kind of examples and not trying to disown any of them, not trying to land on like one specific way of being, but saying, I am this, I am this, I am this. And I, I include all of those parts. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to exclude any part of me, um, is really, I think a beautiful practice mm-hmm. of self-love. Absolutely. And I also believe this comes into the fact as well, uh, just before we wrap it up, because <laughs> we could go on forever. But also this self-love situation is a series of events that have happened in your past life. And like you say, there are so many different versions of yourself. And then, of course, you know, depending what your beliefs are, you know, I do believe that we bring our past back into this world. If we we wouldn't be here as a soul if we'd completed it the mm-hmm. first time round. Do you know what I mean? Or we come back again to try and teach people what we learned the <laughs> yes. 500th millionth time round. Um, so sometimes if we bring that with us. You know, I used to say to myself, oh, I hate my father, I hate my father, I hate him, I hate him, I can't stand my mum, I hated my parents. And in the early days when I was really young and narcissistic and, you know, egocentric and just pretending that I couldn't see right. dead people following me up the street and whatever, I used to be like, um, oh, that's because of this. Oh, my dad used to do that. But then I realised as I yeah. got older that I had to be healed along with the abusers, along with, like you say, the anorexia, the eating disorders, everything that comes with it, it is a part of you. And we have to accept that. And accepting that, I I believe as well, is part of self-love because it is, regardless of how you feel and how angry you feel about it, it is a piece of you and it is there, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely, yeah. Um you know, and the last thing I would say on this is on a bigger scale, I really think this is what source is doing. You know, I I believe that our, Mm. our whole existence is parts, like we are each individually parts of the whole that are trying to learn how to accept love and come back into wholeness together. So um, I actually think that this, Mm. this type of self love, where you are taking your parts and including them back in and finding a way to love them, you know, which is, again, I mean, I could go on for days about specifics of how to do that, that, you know, we probably don't have time to, but, but point being is, is eventually as we pull those back, we are actually mirroring 
what source is doing on a greater scale and we can create that change because as we start to include those parts the whole world is starting to make a shift to do that as well and that's what we're trying to do is all the parts yeah. of us and and that's a beautiful thing is because instead of being able once you do a lot of this self-love work after a while it it's actually natural to start doing it to other people because i can now see them as a part of me it's like oh i I recognize, oh, that, yes. that, like, that person trying to like vie for attention. I know that part. I've got that part in me and I've sat with her and I love her. Yeah. So I can love them, right? Instead of judging them or casting yeah. them off. And so um, I'm, you know, I really yeah. think that self-love is not just the antidote for having a happy and healthy life, but I actually think it is um, on a greater scale, the, maybe the most potent thing we can do um, for spiritual awakening at this time. Absolutely. And on that note, mm. I'm going to say many blessings and lots thank of you love so much. to you, darling. It's been absolutely yes, Thank you amazing. so much for inviting me to do this. This has been a oh, joy. Like just, I know we could probably talk for hours and hours. <laughs> yes, we will definitely do another Wonderful. one. It would be brilliant. Okay, darling, okay. take care. Bye. Many blessings. Thank you so much.